As a believer, reading God's Word is a critical part of your daily spiritual journey. And because it's so important, we've created a unique new resource to help you immerse yourself in biblical truth and open your eyes to all God's Word has for you. It's a free PDF download called The Word One-to-One that takes you on a guided journey through John chapter one. With biblical text and short commentary, each page provides insights that will strengthen your faith in an easy to read guided format. There's truly no other resource like this. Download your free PDF copy today at premierinsight.org forward slash resources. That's premierinsight.org forward slash resources. Welcome to this replay of Ask N.T. Write Anything, where we go back into the archives to bring you the best of the thought and theology of Tom Wright, answering questions submitted by you, the listener. You can find more episodes as well as many more resources for exploring faith at premierunbelievable.com, and registering there will unlock access through the newsletter to updates, free bonus videos, and ebooks. That's premierunbelievable.com. And now, for today's replay of Ask N.T. Wright Anything. The Ask N.T. Wright Anything podcast. Hello and welcome to your fortnightly theology fest here on the show, which brings you the thought and theology of N.T. Wright, also known as Tom Wright, with me, Justin Briley, theology and apologetics editor for Premier. But it's not just theology, it's also very much a pastoral kind of a podcast. And uh, from that point of view, we'll be mixing theology and pastoral issues as we tackle the issue of prayer on today's episode. Looking forward to hearing what you wanted to ask about that. The show is, of course, brought to you by Premier in partnership with SBCK and NT Right Online. You get to ask the questions here, and you can do that simply by going to our website, registering there, and then asking your question. It's askntright.com. Time to turn to your questions on prayer then, but as ever, if you want more episodes, updates, bonus video content to enter the prize draw for signed books, do register now at askntright.com. Well, welcome along to another edition of the program. It's my pleasure to sit down from time to time with Tom Wright to talk about all manner of things. This is called the Ask N.T. Write Anything podcast, Tom, and we do ask you all kinds of things. Yes, that's fine. <laughs> we don't always that. get into car mechanics or that sort of thing, but <laughs> that would be a very short conversation with me. <laughs> um, thought we'd talk in this particular edition about prayer mm-hmm. uh we've had a number of uh, of questions on this subject but i thought i'd begin by simply asking what's what's your sort of prayer routine and are you willing to share it with us sure um i learned from an early age um really my early teens that the wise thing to do was to sit down first thing in the morning with the bible and have a rhythm of letting god speak to me through scripture and then responding with my own prayers and that of course is as i eventually discovered is what my own tradition namely the church of england was trying to teach me anyway because the services we call morning prayer and evening prayer are basically that lots and lots and lots of bible with lots and lots of response um formalized slightly mm. but um basically that rhythm of of bible and prayer and uh, that's the rhythm i follow now i mean when i was uh, bishop of durham i had 
morning prayer with my chaplain and anyone else who was around early in the morning, but I used to have a private time before that, and my regime for the private time for years has been uh, as soon as I can, having got up in the morning, to make a large pot of tea and to get the Bible and to find a quiet private spot, um, which becomes a kind of inner sanctuary within the home, where this is where I sit in the morning. And so now that I'm not bishop anymore, not dashing off in the way that I used to, I have a more extended time where I'm reading and praying from quite early. I'm an early riser, and I have been mm. most of my life. Um, so, uh, and that also, because it's it's private, allows me to read in the original languages, which, because that's what I do professionally. So, for me, the Hebrew and the Greek um, bring me in touch with the biblical authors and the mm. early communities that were reading these texts in those languages and being able to sense what that's all about. And that turns very naturally into prayer, both into the um, the, the, the Psalms and the Canticles from uh, the prayer book, but also into my own prayers. And I have then a diary of some people and some issues that I pray about every day right. and some that I pray about once a week. So I, it's a weekly diary and a, and a daily list. And, uh, and yeah. is that important for you to, to sort of have those sort of specific things that you name and come back to on a regular basis? Oh, yes. Um, I mean, when you say to somebody, yes, I'll pray for you on that, it's very easy for that to slide into the back of the mind. And then six weeks later, oh, I promised to pray for so-and-so yeah. and feel guilty about it. So it tends to go into the prayer right. diary. And the, 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 the list of daily people grows over time. <laughs> and I think wisely every you know five or ten years, one needs to cull that and say, yes. actually, we'll commit this person yes. to God's safekeeping yeah. and they will now be once a week rather than mm. Mm. Uh, once a day or whatever. But there are many, many things, and the older I get, the more there are, where, as somebody who was once my spiritual director used to say, well, um, God might give you the answer to this prayer in a day or a week or a month, or it might be 10 years, but our job is just to be faithful. Mm -hmm. And day by day, mm -hmm. just keep coming and saying, by the way, I haven't forgotten, please, will you do something about this? Or please, will you look after this person? Obviously, many of the people that I pray for on a daily or week, indeed weekly basis, I'm not in touch with daily and weekly. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, there's as one of my former students she and her husband are having a baby soon and though i'm not getting regular reports I'm, I'm thinking about them another of my students he and his wife have just had a son who has down syndrome mm. and that requires special prayer mm. so we hold on to them for that moment right. and so on and so on and yeah. so on yeah and when if the diary changes and you know circumstances don't allow that routine to happen do you miss it do you sort of oh, feel, yes. feel oh, the yes. difference? It's, it's very odd and indeed um like coming to London as yes. I've just done getting up in a hotel room and trying to reproduce in a funny <laughs> hotel room what I would do at home yes. so always make tea if the hotel will allow you to <laughs> the American hotels don't always give you that facility um, but then yes to spend some time right. um, and uh, yes travel is travel is tricky and I try not to feel guilty about that if I'm on an overnight flight um, if it's possible I'd like to wake up and spend a little bit of time with mm. the Bible but um, you get bashed around and the, the, the question is not can you make it identical every day but can you just come back to regularity as soon as that's feasible mm. 
just before we come to some of the questions that have come in, I know you've been involved in helping to promote um, quite a big initiative of late in the Church of England and across all the denominations in the UK, Thy Kingdom Come, which is specifically yes. has been a prayer movement which ran from, I think, Ascension to Pentecost. Yes, yes, um, that's that's right. And I I was aware of it and, and vaguely joined in because the church which I go to is, is a bit sort of sleepy on that kind of thing <laughs> um, and wasn't pushing it very hard in previous years. Mm. But this year, um, for various reasons, reasons they involved me in writing some of the mm-hmm. um, short talks that they put out on a podcast day by day and um, so I had to think into mm-hmm. the rhythm of it and why and so on and it does seem to be an extraordinary thing for these 10 days um, uh, uh, that's long enough to be quite significant yes. as a program but short enough to be quite doable people mm. if you say to somebody want you to join in this program every day for three months or something oh my goodness yeah. how can, but 10 days they can kind Seems of see doable. oh yes yeah. that's that's, that's yeah. manageable and uh, and essentially it's very simple as well it's to simply pray for people to come to faith it's, it's yeah. to, to, pr- to pray for God's kingdom the, 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 the saving sovereign mm. rule of God as I might put it um, to be at work in yeah. the world mm. with specific focus on certain people yeah. um, for whom one has a particular concern yeah. Yeah. well uh it's perhaps too late to be involved this year, but I'm sure it will be running again same time it's, next year. It's got more and more popular yeah. as the years have gone. Um, so that's Thy Kingdom Come. If you haven't heard of it, uh, do go and look it up online. Uh, let's turn to some questions, though. Uh, Taylor in San Diego says, my question is about prayer, specifically petitionary prayer. What does prayer for others actually change in the physical world? Does prayer in some way move God to take action in the world in ways that he otherwise would not have? Or is prayer more of a conversation with God or spiritual practice for the purpose of building a relationship with God that results in personal transformation of thoughts, ideas, inspiration, etc.? And there are various other questions um, which we might get time to, but I think that's plenty to go on for the moment. Does prayer specifically move God or is it more for our own does prayer change us rather than changing God, yeah, as, as yeah. has been put? Sure. It, it, it's a funny thing. This is one of the very first questions about prayer I remember being put to me when I was um, in my mid-teens and uh, a master at school discovering that I had this crazy idea that I wanted to be ordained and that I actually <laughs> thought Christianity was true, etc., etc. He came in exactly with this. Oh, well, of course, you know, I know you people talk about praying, but actually, surely it's the case that if God wants to do something, God's going to do it anyway. And mm. um, so maybe it makes you feel better, but nothing actually changes in the real world. And I didn't have a very good idea, uh, answer for him then. Mm. I, I still, the fact that I can still recall, <laughs> you know, over 50 years later, my feeling of frustration that that feels like a good question, but I know it's wrong. Um, <laughs> because just in my own experience at that stage, I was maybe 15 or something like that, I knew that God did answer prayers and mm. that, that I had seen some remarkable things happen. I mean, remarkable within the confines of my own life. And that's gone on. And uh, that's been the experience of Christians down the years. Um, uh, William Temple once said, when I pray, coincidences happen. And when I stop praying, the coincidences stop happening. And I think many, many Christians would say, yep, that's that's exactly how it is. Um, and particularly, I think uh, there's something strange about the rhythm of prayer in mm. that if you pray for something every day for a year or three years or 10 years, and then quite suddenly, several things go ping, 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 mm. and suddenly there's a new configuration. Where did that come from? The answer, well, you have been praying about mm. it for some while. In other words, it isn't a slot machine where you just pray and then something happens. But within that context, and I think 
as I've got older and I've thought a lot about Genesis chapter 1 and the role of human beings within the creation and then bringing that forward into Jesus' teaching about the kingdom of God and Paul's appropriation of that, Mm. it looks as though what Scripture is trying to tell us in a very deep and rich way is that the God who made the world made it in such a way that some of the most important things he wants to do in the world would happen through human agency, that humans are in God's image, mm. and that part of that mm. is to reflect God's love into the world, and that's how God wants to work in the world. Mm. He doesn't want to come in heavy top-down, as it mm. were. He wants to solicit our um, partnership, and that the mystery of prayer is that at the moment um, we aren't pulling levers and just watching things go click into place, that would make us arrogant and it would make us actually puffed up and think that we were God mm. rather than God being God. Mm. But there's something about the the humble stance within the context of worship of praising God for who he is and then bringing specific requests that seems to delight God. And this mm. is something to do with the mystery of the Trinity that from the beginning God intended to work in the world through his son as a genuine human being, but then through his spirit at work in human beings. Yeah. So and, and this all comes back like most things do to Romans chapter 8 where the the uh, the prayer of unknowing, where we don't know what to pray for, mm. is nevertheless the moment when there is a conversation going on between the Holy Spirit and the Father, which is shaping us according to the pattern of Christ, but bringing real change and yeah. freshness to God's world. I, I think the, the, the question often arises, though, for people who, who have a view of God as having sort of essentially, well, every, God knows everything that's going to happen and possibly has even predetermined everything that's going to happen. So what on earth difference does my prayer make? And this is, I think, where, for instance, Janet in Wales is coming from, a related question. Does God know the future? Does he know the details of our lives in advance? For example, how we may suffer or our loved ones. And if he does, why pray? So, mm-hmm. so, so it's that yeah. classic yeah. question, isn't it? Yeah. Reframed slightly. And, and I, think, I think one of the things we learn the more we read the Bible, I think, is that we, we can't start with a view of God as the celestial CEO or whatever and then just sort of fit Jesus and the Holy Spirit into that. We really learn who God is by looking at Jesus. And with Jesus, there is a sort of freedom. There mm. is a sort of freewheelingness. I don't think Jesus, um, as it were, knows in advance that somebody's going to come up to him with a trick question and show him a coin, etc. I think Jesus is able to respond in the moment mm. and say fresh things, etc., uh, etc. Et and I think that's a, an image of what, of what God is like. Mm. Um, and I think part of creation is God saying, let there be. God giving creation the freedom to be itself. God has made the world in such a way it isn't a machine. Mm. See, a lot of these issues arise because our culture is still really soaked in 18th century philosophy, and 18th century was when they were making all these splendid machines and clocks were being developed in new ways, and then eventually in the 19th century they built steam engines and mm. thinking of God as the celestial mechanic right. as well as the CEO. And so it's all, it's all determined. And actually it's time we got Einstein in on this action. You know, there's, there's an awful lot of indeterminacy going yes. on because God is a God who delights in giving freedom to his creatures, which is a huge risk. And God then takes the consequences of that risk um, in Jesus. I suppose the, the, the thing that then some people think, but hang on, that means God isn't in control after all. And yeah. how on earth is he going to achieve his purposes if he's giving freedom to you know, right, us right. human creatures? Well, you know, there, there's a sense... 
is the conductor of the orchestra in charge? Well, yes, she or he is, but the viola player has freedom, the mm-hmm. horn player has freedom, they all, and the conductor's job is to give them the space in which freely to play the music that they want to play. Mm. And depending on, if if you go back a few centuries before we got a bit more regimented, quite often that would include a measure of freedom. Mm. And as a former jazz player, um, (laughs) when somebody sets up a, a, a jazz number, does this mean that the players are less free because somebody has told them what the harmonies are? No, they are more free. Within this framework, they can now express themselves often in ways which delight and surprise the friends who are playing with them. So that's, that's more like what's going mm. on, I think, with creation. Before we rejoin the rest of today's podcast, I have a very special offer for you to help you have an even more meaningful spiritual experience this Easter. As you know, N.T. Wright is without doubt one of the greatest Christian thinkers and apologists of our time. And some of Tom Wright's answers to questions about Jesus' death, resurrection and return are some of the most poignant and thought-provoking. That's why we've created a brand new downloadable devotional resource that's perfect for the Easter season featuring these questions and Tom's answers. This five-day devotional journey titled Jesus' Death, Resurrection and Return is only available to friends like you as our thanks for your gift today. And remember, your support is truly critical to help keep resources and podcasts like Ask N.T. Write Anything and Unbelievable going strong because this ministry is completely funded by friends like you. So please give the very best gift you can and make sure to download your copy of Jesus' Death, Resurrection and Return devotional at premierinsight.org forward slash N.T. That's premierinsight.org forward slash N.T. Thank you. Mark in Washington State asks, I'm curious how you reconcile Jesus' assertion that we can ask for anything in his name or ask the Father in his name, from John 14 and 15, in expectation that it will come to pass with the reality of the many times godly Christ-following people have prayed for the healing of loved ones, only to have them pass away with no apparent answer to their prayers. Thank you. I know this is never an easy question. No, it isn't an easy question. And uh, in in my close circle of acquaintances, there's been one such instance within the last year. Um, uh, a dear godson of mine uh, who died of cancer in his mid-30s, a lovely Christian young man with a super family. and Lots of fact, people praying, I'm sure. Lots of people mm. praying. Actually, a lot, because mm. he was quite well known in his circles. Um And that remains a mystery, and uh, none of us want to pretend that it's anything other than that. However, he himself wrote some blog posts and diary posts um, in his last year when it became increasingly clear that he was going to die, die very young, um, uh, which made it clear that this didn't alter his belief in the fact that God does answer prayer, Mm -hmm. but that it always remains a mystery. I mean, in a more easygoing example... I've often known that when you pray specifically about one particular thing and you think you know this is the answer to this question, Lord, please, will you do this thing now? This is what we reckon we need. And while you're praying about that, 
God quietly is doing something else over here mm. and suddenly realize, oh, I see, God seems to be taking these prayers and this is a much better answer than the one I had in right. mind. Now, I'm not saying that for my godson to yeah, die when sure. he did was a much better answer mm-hmm. in all sorts of ways, but I think that's the point at which we say we are here staring into uh, a void which sometimes seems dark and sometimes seems bright, mm-hmm. where we just have to say, into your hands. We are not in charge. God is mm-hmm. in charge. And though that that is really tough sometimes, but but I but I do believe that what Jesus said in John fourteen and fifteen he really meant. Yeah. Well, I was going to say what 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 did he mean then? If 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 saying asking for things in Jesus' name is not some sort of magic cue to then get that thing you're asking yeah, for, yeah. what what does Jesus I, mean I by think, saying? I think it's something to that. do with the phrase in Jesus' name. Right. And this isn't a cop out. It's a way of saying, who is this Jesus in whose name we're asking? And this is the Jesus who in the scene in Gethsemane, in Matthew and Mark anyway, asked very specifically a question to which the answer was no, namely, please can there be another way? Mm. And then, nevertheless, not my will but yours. So the Jesus in whose name we pray is the one who himself went through that and ended up saying, my God, why did you abandon me? Mm. And we know in retrospect, and the gospel writers are trying to tell us in retrospect, that actually those prayers were amazingly, gloriously answered in a different way, not that Mm. he was able to escape Mm. the cross, but that through the cross Mm. he did the most extraordinary world-changing victory. Another question here from Carol in Scotland says, can we, as resurrection people, tackle sin and evil in all its forms where we see it? Can we pray for freedom from disease, for instance? And I suppose that goes direct to the heart of that question can we be so bold as to simply pray for people to be healed of, of oh, disease and sickness? To be sure. And I have known people who the doctors have basically said, sorry, there's no chance. And people have got round and prayed and around the world. And we have an example in my own close family, um, a girl who was age six diagnosed with double kidney failure and told it was a matter of days. And uh, that was um, ooh, 35 years ago. Right. And she's now a healthy, mm. happy 40-something Christian girl. Um, and uh, uh, there is no explanation. The doctors had no answer to, we don't understand why she's not dying. Um, and that is repeated again and again. If you talk to people who've been involved in that kind of ministry, that is clearly the case. Um, so I want to put that there mm. and say this really does happen, mm. partly because you know, God can do whatever God wants. Um, uh, the idea that he's sort of imprisoned in a system of his own making, which means that he isn't allowed to do different things, I think is I think is quite dangerous. Sorry, there was a second half. Well, of that well it was really just can we pray for freedom from disease, for oh, instance? Well, um, yes, um, we can. Uh, at the moment, that prayer I think is subsumed within the larger prayer, going back to Romans eight, which is, uh, and also places in the book of Revelation, where God's people have always prayed, "How long, O Lord? How mm. long?" You know, this is where we are at the moment. We know this is not the end of your story. Please, will you bring um, the end of the story? And please, will you also bring such anticipations of that end as are appropriate at the moment? And I would put that in a maximalist way and not just a minimal oh well there may be some slight improvement but actually we've got to wait till mm. till the last act I, I, I this is my admission i i try to be faithful in prayer but i very often if i'm presented with someone who is 
obviously physically sick or, or whatever it might be, um, I don't always go for the full-blooded heal this person God kind of prayer. I very often pray the sort of may they know your peace, yeah, your, yeah, yeah. your your you know strength in difficult times. And I fear that's because it's a slightly easier prayer for God to answer um, somehow. In, you in some ways, yes, I'm I'm inclined to say. Um, when people are fundraising I'm not a fundraiser but when people who are fundraising will say well you're going to so and so why not ask for £10,000 and if they say here's a fiver then that's fine <laughs> but if you only ask for a fiver that's all you're going to get um, so I, I'm inclined to say we, we should we should err on the side of going for the big one I mean right. I had a message just yesterday from a friend in another country who um, uh, just three quite separate things are um, afflicting her at the moment mm. and I just sent an email message back um, just w- including a prayer for healing and for peace while that's going on mm. and that's that's all, all one can do at the moment yeah. so I will continue to, to, to pray for healing there um, and, and God can do with that prayer whatever God wants to do. Mm. I mean, I think part of what is difficult for us to understand has to do with the working of the Holy Spirit that over the last generation, because of the charismatic movement of Pentecostalism and so on, we've tended to think of the Holy Spirit as working um, only in dramatic, sudden outbursts of whatever it may be. But for all Christians who are indwelt by the Spirit, um, their prayers and the Spirit's prayers are melded together and God knows what's going on and God is at work through our personalities some of which may be more bouncy and effervescent and some of which may be quieter and Mm. and more introverted Um, and that's fine so that our task is to be present with God in the spirit shaped according to the pattern of Christ and to hold these and and the, the wisdom from oh ancient Christians, the Desert Fathers, people like that, as well as, I have to say, the wisdom from many great Jewish rabbis who've said the same thing, is that when we are in the presence of God, sometimes we just get an awareness, this is what you should be praying for now. And sometimes, I've only had it once or twice in my whole life, I've suddenly had the sense, you've been praying for this person for the last weeks, months, whatever it is, it's going to be okay. Mm. and so you can scale that down in a strong sense and the last time this happened I waited a week and then emailed the friend whose daughter it was that I was praying for and said I'm just wondering if actually there was a turn for the better last weekend got the message mm. but how did you know right so yeah. that that does yeah. happen for the person listening who thinks gosh I wish I could have your prayer life Tom because prayer for me is I don't feel like I'm getting much back uh, or Mm -hmm. it's just difficult. It feels dry and um, and I struggle at it. Mm -hmm. Where where would you say to begin in that case? I'm a good Anglican. Begin with the Psalms. (laughs) Um, Actually, I I hope I'm not a very good Christian, but I'm a Christian. (laughs) Begin with the Psalms. The Psalms are Jesus' prayer book. They should be our prayer book. One of the things I really grieve over in the contemporary church is that so many lively churches Mm. have given up using the Psalms. Mm. And they say, well, it's so difficult. Our people are new to all this. And so, well, yeah, but there are ways. (laughs) Get them used to it. There there are ways. It's like the Psalms are like when you learn to play the piano and these are the basic scales and arpeggios. And to begin with, yeah, your fingers may not be Mm. comfortable. But once you're into it, then the world of Haydn, Mozart, and Beethoven starts to open up in front of you. So the Psalms, mm. um, 
Billy Graham once said that he prayed five psalms a day. He said, because they help me get along with God. And he read one chapter of Proverbs a day because it helps me get along with man. He said, <laughs> I heard him say that. And I thought, wow, good idea. Yeah. My tradition gives you, on average, five psalms a day. Get through the, the Psalter in a month. Right. Get through Proverbs in a month. Um, I, because I now read them in, in Hebrew or the Septuagint in Greek, I go a bit slower than that. But, but they are always there. Mm. It's a river of prayer into which we can step. And very honest prayer very often. Um, oh, the Psalms are, are brutally honest. Yeah. Hey, God, wake up. What's going on? Yeah. It's like the disciples on the boat with Jesus. Hey, come on. <laughs> You're supposed to be in charge here. There's a storm going. We're, we're going to drown. And yeah. the Psalms are exactly like that. Wake up, God. Why don't you do something? Mm. And that's robust. Mm. It's, it's very Jewish. Um, mm. and, uh, and if we find that almost striking and offensive, mm. well, so we should. But as, and, and coming back to the point you made at the very beginning, which is that sometimes it's difficult to simply start prayer from, from, from a standing start. Sometimes it very often is response oh, to yes. scripture, oh, yes. oh, which yes. fires up our prayers. Oh, yes. Yeah. And that, that's, that's again and again and again been so. And for me, again, um, the framework of an easy set liturgy, there are certain prayers in the old prayer book, which I still use, mm. which say better than I possibly could exactly what I want to pray. And I think many young Christians find that liturgy feels constricting and dry and this is mm. somebody else's framework. Mm. And I want to say it's like a suit of clothes which has been handed down from an older brother or whatever mm. that actually you'll find as you grow into this it'll be comfortable and you'll, you'll be at home there. Final question from Elizabeth in Northern Ireland. She says, I heard a sermon that we need to give God permission to act through prayer. They said he can't do anything on earth unless we ask him to. I totally disagree. We would like to know what you have to say about this. <laughs> God doesn't need our permission to do anything. He can do what he jolly well wants. <laughs> However, um, as I said, it seems that the way God has made the world is such as to give humans the dignity of sharing agency. Mm. Um, and... Of course, God can override, overrule, and just as well, because if everything that had to happen today in this city, whatever, was the result of someone's prayers, there's a lot of things which would just stop dead in their tracks because nobody mm. happened to be praying about mm. it. So mm. it's very odd. But, I mean, I understand that the preacher in question was overstating a point right. in order to say, don't just hang back and assume that if God is God, he's going to do it anyway. Right. You jolly well pray about it. Yeah. And just... As we close out, something that I have more and more been drawn towards is, is the theology of the idea of us being involved at some level in a sort of a cosmic warfare. And our prayers are being joined, if you like, in, in that movement of God's kingdom. But there is another kingdom pressing against that. And yeah, so yeah. when we don't perhaps always see the answers we would like to our prayers, yeah. we've got to remember yeah. it's a battleground yeah, and we yeah, don't yeah. see victory in every battle in the in the war i would put together that scene from gethsemane where jesus is absolutely up against it and sweating drops of blood and so on um deeply uncomfortable this is not the sort of calm mm. mystical easy access this is absolutely up against the wall put that together with ephesians chapter 6 where paul talks about our struggle being with principalities and powers and where uh, the weapon of all prayer is one of the weapons in the spiritual warfare um and one of the things that i think i've learned is that often that's going on when we don't really think it is that we mm. just we're doing something that seems yeah. to be ordinary and it may be only later we look back and say oh my goodness that was what was at stake there some real major issue mm. going on one can get 
don't know how to put this. I was going to say one can get sort of overexcited about this. Right. So, oh, you know, onward Christian soldiers marching <laughs> us to war. Let, let's go. And I want to say this: this is a, this is a messy war. Right. It's it's uh, it's dark. The enemy does not play fair. There's no Geneva Convention in mm. spiritual warfare. And so often, the things we have to do are uh, to hang in there when it's mm. tough. Mm. Uh, in Screw Tape Letters, Lewis has. Uh, screw tape the senior devil saying to Wormwood the junior devil make no mistake our cause that is the devil's cause is never more in danger than when a human being and here's the phrase no longer desiring but still intending to do God's will <laughs> looks out on a universe from which every trace of him seems to have been removed asks why he has been forsaken and still obeys and that, that's obviously a picture of Jesus on yeah, the cross yeah. but Lewis is turning it into an image of what it's like when we're praying, yeah. when no longer desiring but still mm. intending. That's, mm. a, that's a wonderful yeah, phrase. Absolutely. A great place to conclude. Mm. But perhaps um, you, as it's this particular episode is about prayer, it seems to make sense to perhaps conclude with prayer. Sure. Um, so, Tom, I wonder if you would just lead a, a brief prayer, um, perhaps for anyone listening who themselves is struggling with prayer uh, or who would like yeah. to, yeah. Um, in some way, there, there are issues in their life which they've struggled to pray through and to, yeah. to see yeah. Yeah. God's hand at work in perhaps you could sure pray for that sure let's pray gracious father you make us in your image so that we can reflect your love into the world and so that as we do that we can know that love in ourselves i pray for my brothers and sisters around the world as we all learn to pray as we all learn to be kingdom people to be image bearers to be intentional about standing before you with the needs of your world on our hearts. I pray that you will take us as we are, very different from one another, different personalities, different backgrounds, different temperaments, but use us by your Spirit to be part of the great movement of prayer, part of the great breath of the Spirit, blowing in the world, catching us up within it. Teach us to pray. Take us, each one of us, from where we are to where you would have us be. Uh, grow us spiritually Make us people of faith, people of prayer, people of hope, so that through our prayers, in ways perhaps that we'll never even see except just glimpse occasionally, your will may be done and your kingdom come. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to the Ask N.T. Write Anything podcast. Let other people know about this show by rating and reviewing it in your podcast provider.